mold breakers, trailblazers, and takers of roads less traveled. And we're here to tell their stories. Here's your host, Andrew Lawrence. Not all of us look the way the world expects us to look, think as the world expects us to think, or arrive at our destination the way the world expects us to. On the Square Peg Podcast, we give a voice to mold breakers, trailblazers, and takers of roads less traveled. I'm your host, Andrew Lawrence, and here are their stories. Thank you to the Searchlight Needles for getting us started as always. The hashtag needles aren't just a quartet of middle-aged, overweight, and balding El Pasoans. Robert Martinez, Josh Smith, Adrian Ortiz, and David Sines were four really fantastic guys who hold down jobs and take care of families during the week, and they rock out on the weekends. You can find them on the web at www.searchlightneedles.com. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram, and you can download their album on all streaming services. My guest today is a native of Las Cruces, New Mexico, who was a strength and conditioning coach at a university in Texas before moving back home to become the director of sales at his family's gym and fitness equipment business. Through the very few peaks and many valleys, he has been the biggest fan of New Mexico State Aggie football, where you can regularly be, he can regularly be seen rowing the sidelines with the intensity of a coach. Of course, he can also be seen at Aggie basketball games where it's much, much easier to be a fan. Scott Schroeder, welcome to the Square Peg Podcast. Hey, man, thanks for having me. This is great. Did you? Did I get all that right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You I mean you, you want to talk about putting yourself in a in a, a square peg round hole? That's pretty much me. That's 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 what I do. Ever the optimist, and we 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 just talked a little bit before we got started. We're definitely gonna to get into that. You now, you just went to a trade show. You got anything going on this weekend? Um, not my nephews are in town, so it's all about them this weekend. They're coming. Okay. And uh, you were you got a pretty good uh, strong social media presence like I do, and you you definitely let us know um, when you're doing something work wise. Where were you last weekend? San Antonio, uh, Texas High School Coaches Association. That's their big one every year. Shut down last year, obviously. So San Antonio got there Friday, rocked that out until I uh, had to pack up uh, Tuesday, drove it back. So I drove the truck out, set up, worked it, drove it back. And that was actually something that I was going to ask you about. When you do that, you actually have to. Someone's got to get the equipment there. And it's not like you can pack it up in bags and put it on an airplane. No, and all of our competition will, in, in, our, in our space, uh, we're a high-quality elite. And there's really four other companies in the country that, that we compete with. Every one of those four are much bigger, bigger budgets, owned by conglomerates. We're owned outright, family business, we're the small guy. So when they show up, they got a semi-truck, they got a crew, Crew sets up, then the sales guys come in, sell it, they leave, crew comes back, breaks down, leaves. We will drive it out ourselves, set up ourselves, work it ourselves, tear down, drive back. That's that's uh, a lot of work. And I remember, if I remember correctly, a couple of weeks ago, you had to do the setup yourself because the guy who usually helps you wasn't there. Well, so, I, that was my decision. So he, a, Andy, who I think you've met, the director of marketing, was going to come with me. We have we have a lot going on. I'm like, you know what, man? Like, I can do this myself. And Andy's like, man, you know, probably you shouldn't do that. Like, you know, you set up a rack is not as easy as it used to be. Man, I got this. Well, took me about three tries to get that rack, but I got it. You got it. But, you know, I'm, what I'm doing is a nice I, rack. Oh, it's the best in the business. And the best nicest, in the whole world. You have the nicest racks. I do. I know. I say that three times fast. But, like, um, we, we can talk all day about that. Quality speaks for itself. But the, the amount of sweat equity that is involved with that is way worth it. But I take it different. I mean, it's our business. Like when I'm doing that, I'm not cussing up a storm. Like you know, I'm not. I shouldn't be doing this. Blah blah. It's it's all part of it. That actually, that part of it's actually kind of fun. The, and then working it is even more fun. So like that. That's a whole week that I get to go do that myself. That was awesome. 
Yeah, and you know, lest any of our listeners believe that I brought you in here just to do an infomercial on Samsung equipment. That's I wouldn't like, let you. I wouldn't it actually let you. wasn't the, the 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 deal, but I know I think I expressed to you not too long ago that I that I I was would love for you to give me a tour of your facility one day, which mm-hmm. you said absolutely yeah. one day. Uh, but I really do have a big interest in. I, I actually cruised your website, the the website this morning, um, and was just looking at all the different things you guys do and. I'm actually really fascinated by it. I mean, I've been going to gyms since, you know, 30 years. I yeah. joined my first gym in 1990. I mean, I'm 47 years old. Um, and you just don't put a whole lot of thought into how the equipment that you see there gets put together and how mm-hmm. it gets there and how it gets developed. So, And we're definitely going to talk a lot about that. But like I said, you're from Las Cruces, a native, and you've been an athlete your whole life. Played football and what else? I played football um, in high school, played football, ran uh, ran track, um, went to Eastern New Mexico on a football scholarship there two years. Uh, transferred uh, over to Southern Arkansas. I was kind of following my coach um, over there. Played fullback there, Gulf South Conference. Those were those were great years. Graduated there, exercise science. So I was going to be a strength coach. Yeah. Exercise science degree, going to Texas State. Won a, a coveted job. Um, won out. Uh, lucky till this day. I don't know how I got that. But I'm in, so I'm in San Marcos for the next three years. Um, loved every minute of that, learned a lot, and I'm, I'm on the track to be a strength coach my whole life. Um, at that time, the, the head coach was, he'd already been fired. Um, new coach, maybe, maybe not going to stay, uh, keep us. Um, at that time, my dad, who was still running the business, um, was about to fire the sales and marketing director. And growing up in that business with my father, um, you know the volatility of a strength coach, especially if you're tied with football. Football wins you're good and you're probably moving on to another place because you won. If you lose, you're probably getting fired and moving to somewhere else no matter what. So life life expectancy of a strength coach in any university is two, three, maybe five years. So, some of the guys who make it like eight to ten, are they're the big anomaly. But you also don't have control over that. So you can build that car out, and we have that problem here. You can build that car out as much as you want, as, as great as you can build it. But then you're at the disposal of the of the football staff. I mean, we got some some Ferraris out there, but no one knows how to drive. Yeah. Right. So like that was that was a trade off. And I, I'm not the personality that can really, really work for anyone uh, at that point. Like you're kind of running into some issues. Like, well, I want to do it this way. I'm, I'm a young guy at the time. Come back. So I make the decision to come back. My older brother came back the next year. Fast forward. This is 16 years doing this. Um, I, and we've we've taken my brother and I've taken over control of it the last about four years ago now. But really the last three with accounting, stuff like that. And I tell uh, it's it's a struggle. We're, like I said, we're the we're the small company going against the giants, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I promise you, I am the luckiest guy on the planet to be able to do what I do. Um, it, it's a lot of work, but when you really love what you do, and it's a cliche to say it, right. right? People say all the time they don't mean it. I do. Like what I get to do every day, and the team that we have, I I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's funny saying the little guy against the, trying to survive against the big ones. It's almost a, it's a good kind of parallel to the whole. New Mexico State University athletics thing. Now, of course, your company has been a lot more successful than Aggie football. Um, but going back to so you, you grew up here, and I knew you were a running back. You're a you're a proud Las Cruces Bulldog. Yes. At a time when did you graduate high school? Ninety seven, right before we got good. Okay, so you're a couple years, about five years younger than I am. Um, I, and now when I first moved here, it was Cruces Mayfield, and then Oñate yeah. had been open for a couple years. Yeah. Um, and of course, anybody from from really small town New Mexico, and I still consider Las Cruces small town New Mexico. It took me a long time to not kind of roll my eyes and scoff at the whole you know Cruces Mayfield thing. It's the biggest thing ever, blah, blah. right? And at the end of the day, 
I'm, I'm as big a football fan as anybody. Oh, I know. I mean, I, I love my football. By far, the NFL is the best product in professional sports. There's no question. Like, it's time close. By leaps and bounds. But I, I got to the point where I realized I understand from a sociological perspective mm. why that's the case. Right. Um, you know, where I come from, anybody who's really into high school football more than a year or two after they graduate – Unless you got a kid playing or you involve coaching, you know people don't think too highly of that. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And now that there are basically four high schools, I mean Oyate was the odd person out mm-hmm. um, just by virtue of numbers. Uh, you know the Cruces Mayfield game really isn't as big, um, and of course you know you're probably just at the age where I mean now I wouldn't want. I mean I was an offensive lineman. I was a. Listen, let me tell you what kind of athlete I was. <laughs> I was just good enough my senior year to be a starting left guard in five out of ten games on a 500 team. There you go. And no, we didn't lose all the games that I started. <laughs> well, that was, was, was going to ask next. But it doesn't. you don't get more average. That was six foot, 250 pounds. I mean, right. That's a decent size for 30 years ago. Um, certainly wasn't being you know looked at by any anybody who wanted me to play college football. But, mm-hmm. you know... Um, having said that, you know, I think most linemen at some point wish they played a more high profile position somebody gets more you know more attention and and of course a running back at that time we actually believe it or not we had we ran the ball 80 percent of the time and 80 percent of that time ran it between the tackles oh we had a fullback that had a thousand yards so i think we did a pretty darn good job i i would i don't even care what offense you run that's great that 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 makes that like (laughs) that gets me excited just listening to that like our school actually ran up until two games into my junior year ran a wing t that's great um but I always thought it would be cool to be a running back. Nowadays, you don't want to be a running back. No. You want to talk of their, that lifespan in the NFL. I mean, by the time you get to the NFL, your body has taken such a beat. Game has changed. It's a different game. And I like, you know, I, look, I said this when Hal Mummy came in with his air raid offense. Mm-hmm. I like a power running game. I like an Eddie George, you know, Christian Okoye, you know, Jerome Bettis type, a big, strong back. You know, not quite three yards in a cloud of dust. But what mm-hmm. I like more, more than anything is winning. So if Hal Mummy could bring that air raid in, and that right. didn't happen, of course. He brought the air raid in. There was no winning involved. Sure. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there was a time where I thought being a running back would, would, be, the sh- would be the shit. I mean, that would be cool. Yeah. But, um, man, that's not a position, you know. You get but, one good contract, you know, in the NFL. Um, the running backs are now looked at. Like, if you have a really, really good one, it, it's a great asset to have. Um, I'm a Raider fan, and so it, it, just listen to my life real quick. I'm a Mexico State football fan and a Raider fan my whole life. That's that's rough. But um, we, there were some and, good years there in the early. Oh, well, you know, Marcus but, Allen. I mean, we got the greatest all time, Bo Jackson. But I mean, like right now, if you saw, I'm just talking about the game has changed. And right now, we have a really, really good running back in Josh Jacobs. We're trying to bolster up that old line. We got a couple injuries last year that set us back, but we're in a really tough conference. But we still run the ball enough. Gruden is still like a ground and pound type of guy. He'll air it out, whatever. But he really loves quarterbacks too much. So like to be that type of guy, I got, we can talk about this on another show, but I mean, the running back was, if you have a really good one, it's a big asset. Everyone else is disposable because the game has changed so much. Yeah. And that's, you know, certain teams, uh, you know, I, I've always, I get a lot of, I get a flock at work for having two teams. You know, like we talked about, I grew up, a mile and a half outside the Beltway, so naturally I was a Washington Red, uh, Washington football team fan. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I corrected myself. Um, <laughs> and doing so, growing up in Washington as a Washington football team fan in the eighties was a great time to be a fan. We yep. won Super Bowls when I was in third, eighth, and twelfth grade. Yeah, oh yeah. But I grew up in a Pittsburgh household, so I also knew I was supposed Ooh, to be a Steelers fan. Man, so that's the, great. I got one team 
who hasn't had a quarterback in 30 years yeah. since Mark Rippon. Right. Um, and I got another team who, the, for the last four or five years, have been preparing myself. You know what, Big Ben's not going to be there forever. Mm-hmm. And who knows what's happened, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to happen. And it uh, looks like he's going to be around. I Man, Mason Rudolph has all of the on paper. I mean, he's 6'5", 230, played in the Big 12. Yep. We'll see how that translates. He hasn't done great. He hasn't done poorly, but he's going to have to. He's going to have to put up or or or, or put or get, I mean, get on down the road. Argue, and it's really to me. It's not really even a, a big argument. But one of like the best sports franchises in all of sports is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, if if you look at the history, I mean, it's really hard to debate it. But but I mean, asking as kind of a dual fan that you are, you know, when Alex Smith got in the game. This last year and actually play a little bit. I mean, I'm not, I have nothing to do with them, but I'm a big proponent of that guy. I got emotional watching that. I, uh, as somebody who's had three orthopedic surgeries in the last seven years, yeah. Um, I, I didn't want to see him play. I just thought it's the dumbest thing. I get it. Um, and I, look, I'm not a medical professional. I think that any doctor who cleared him to play, anybody coached to put him in was irresponsible. But if you look at the record, of the Washington football team in games that he has played, mm-hmm. they do really well. I know. So, and, and he's retired. He's done. He's right. He's, it's yeah, over. No, I, I got you. But I want to go back to you know grow, you growing up here and being an athlete. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk in a few minutes about you being the huge Aggie fan that you are. Yep. Were you were you always was Aggie football and Aggie athletics always part of your life growing up here in Las Cruces? You know what? Um, growing up, absolutely. Um, I would find excuses on Saturdays to go be a ball boy, like all that. I, I would do all that stuff. So growing up, I was plugged into that. Um, would always go to the football camps in the summer. Would always go to the bat, even though I'm a horrible basketball player. But I would always go to the basketball camps. Anything, anything around it. Now. I was plugged in that because, you know, my dad played football here. Um, he, he, you know, he graduated from here. My mom, uh, was, is, is a top 500 graduate of all time. Like, she, like she started the swim program, like, Tyler at MSU? At MSU. So, are your parents Las Cruces natives? No. So, uh, neither one were born here. Um, but they met here in college. Okay. My dad's from San Diego. My mom originally is from Tulsa, grew up most so in, in Albuquerque, went to school in Albuquerque, high school. Uh, they both ended up here, but she, uh, this was perf- before women had sports. So she was she was a she was a major athletic girl, but didn't have sports. So she was a cheerleader, did all the things. Graduated, started her GA stuff, and that's when they started to change it. So she was on the cutting edge floor. So she's in there with, um, with the the head swim coach, and they're talking about expanding. Got with the AD. Now they're going to implement women's sports. So they literally started. You know, she was she was a lacrosse coach. Like she started the swim program. Like she was on the forefront of all of that. So when you go back and look at my mom's resume, and I, I will brag on my mom, I mean, all day. My, my mom's one. You would never know that she did. She's one of the nicest people, most unassuming people that you'll ever meet. Super sweetheart, nicest woman on the planet as far as I'm concerned. But I, I, I'll, get, I'll get on her sometimes when we're doing some you know, fundraising stuff or she, she's on the board for a scholarship. I'm like, you need to speak up because these other guys are starting to talk, and they don't have your resume, and they haven't been around as long as you have. We've been and, and since starting Stamson back in '76. She was part of that with my father. Obviously, as we got to get too big, we needed her to come in at some point and really run the books. So that so she stayed on at state, still teaching some classes. She taught scuba diving just to stay involved. But she's she is why this has carried on. So really, like my dad's hardcore football guy. If you sat my dad on here, he knows more. Fo- he's forgotten more in. in than I'll ever know about football and, and all of that. But growing up in that household, that's kind of ingrained. But they were also really good parents. And it was like, you know, what, where do you want to go? Where do you want to play? I mean, no offense, but 
I was a pretty good running back, better linebacker, but I want to play running back. Well, I'm not really getting recruited by New Mexico State. They told me to walk on. But I wasn't like so diehard Aggie fan that I, that was where I wanted to go for sure. I just wanted to play. Right. So I ended up at Eastern New Mexico. I was there for two years, loved it. Um, but I wanted to play fullback and they didn't have exercise science. So I kind of followed another, my, the coach that recruited me over to Southern Arkansas, played there. Um, loved every experience. Is like, that another D2 school? It's another D2 school there at Southern Arkansas University. Uh, graduated from there. Team captain over there for two years I was there. Go over to Texas State and here's another lucky break I get. I get to be assistant strength coach for the Bobcats um, while working on my master's. End up back at Sampson um, doing this. So when I got back, I wasn't involved with anything. And I went, and, and just to be honest with you, guys think that I'm a lifelong Aggie fan, and that's just how I am. That's not true. I went back into the, the weight room, and the strength coaches at the time, not fans of, football staff at the time, didn't, didn't, wasn't feeling that we're going to go anywhere, and I, I couldn't really get behind it. So that it was, was 2004? This Ish. was, yes. So right around that time, 2000, well, 16 years ago. So, so that's about how mummy are. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't like, that was right when he got hired. So I didn't like the vibe I was getting, definitely didn't like. So I judged it on the strength staff first. Did not like what we were doing. So, but I wasn't negative about it. I wasn't going to go, I'm like, oh, this is crap, blah, blah, blah. And no, just I really, I, if I'm, I'm either all in or I'm all out, and good luck to you. Call me if you need something. I'll get involved. Oh, well, we'll never, you know, we'll never get the money to do the weight room. We'll never, I'm like, well, not like that, you won't. You know, that's loser talk. So that's kind of where it started. Now, where I got flipped was when Walker left and I had a meeting with Walker literally the week before he left for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it was a meeting with the potential strength coach staff that he was interviewing. I'm like, what kind of list is this? Now, they don't understand how plugged in we are with the strength and conditioning community. There are way too many strength coaches, even then, than there are jobs. We're a Division One job. You can get someone pretty good. They were interviewing these other guys who were like these D2 guys, nothing against D2, but they don't have, they don't have the, ex- the expertise to run a Division I program that covers all sports. These are D1 athletes. So I got kicked out of this meeting. I, get, I mean, the AD's in there, the, the, all these guys. I'm the head coach. I get kicked out. I'm like, this is a joke. This is, this is why we – this is because we, we view things like this. We can get someone of good quality. Like, call me. I know these guys. You want me to get involved? I'll get involved, but I don't want to have this meeting just to have a meeting. This is stupid. Literally the next week, he's out. I'm mad about it. I mean, mad. I'm like, this. I wasn't mad before. Now I'm mad because now they're, they're investing my time. And it's a famous story. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pacing. I'm in, I'm in Walmart. You're pacing? Oh, yeah. You know me. <laughs> of course, this is a joke because I've seen you pace holes in the right, sidelines. Right, right, right. So, so uh, I, see, I see my friend Lori Paulson, who went to Mayfield. Um, and she she got she was getting involved, and this is after this is way after. Doug, Doug Martin gets hired, and he it was interesting because he was here before as an OC. Now he's coming back. Very few people come back. When was he here as an OC? I'm sorry. When was he here as the offensive coordinator? He was he was at the, the staff before, so he he spent okay. three years at Boston College and came back. Okay. So he gets hired. So I'm like, interesting guys coming back. Okay, he know he knows the landscape. Okay, interesting, but I'm still not like ah, we'll see. So right away, she's grabbing like, hey, I just had, um, I got involved with Doug. You want, you, I want you to meet him. I'm like, look, the last time I met with the head coach, I got kicked out. So I don't know if this is going to go very well, but if, for you, tell me why. He goes, well, she's, he's laid out a plan that 
we're going to build on this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this JUCO thing, we're going to change the offense. But then she mentioned she's, he's going to hire a strength coach. I'm like, okay. So I go meet with Doug. I'm like, I'm just going to cut to the chase, man. You don't know me. There's a reason. You heard before. You've never seen me before because I did not come around. Now, I'm judging it based off the strength staff and all this stuff. Now, if, if your strength coach is coming from this crop of people that was here the week before, or, or this goes back months, but in my mind, it was like a week. From that, from that I'm out. From that list, I'm out. I, was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to go get Don Decker, and that's it. Do you know who Don Decker is? I'm like, yeah, he was Houston Nuts guy at Arkansas and Ole Miss. Yeah, he's been out of he's been out of the game for the last couple of years. Um, I got him, I, I got him, and that's who I'm going to hire. I'm like, okay, if we can't get Don, because Don's a master level guy, he's on the board of the Collegiate Strength Coach Association. A lot of people don't know that. There's ten guys on that board, and they're all Alabama, Clemson, big big Florida State, Texas, and then New Mexico State, which is sticks out like a sore thumb. Like, how did you guys get Don Decker? Well. Basically, we told him that God wants him here, and that's how we got him here. So he shows up, and attitude's different. And hey, step one, we got to do this weight room. Let's go. So you got involved at that time? At that time is when I got involved. You got involved as a strength and conditioning coach? No, no, no. I got involved as a fan. Lori Lori recruited me, and then I got sold on the program based first off of I'm going to hire Don Decker as the strength coach. Do you know who that is? Oh, yeah, I know who that is. Are you on board with that? Absolutely. Let's try to get him here. So that, I'm involved with doing that. So then we get him, and right away it's like, okay, we got to do this weight room. So we got involved with that, started started hitting up some boosters. Um, what they said that could not be done got done in a matter of about six months. Got a booster on the, on, on the hook, uh, Royal Jones, uh, MVT. Um, he's either going to give that to taxes or to us. And we talked. So basically all I was doing was calling guys I knew, and he was calling people he knew, and we're just throwing people in front of Decker. I'm like, look, don't try, don't mention money. Just sell them on the vision of what this will do. And so he did that effectively. Don Decker will make you believe you can run through that wall, and that's what I love about him. I love Don Decker. Now, there's there's some problems with, with some some things with him, but overall his formula for this place is 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 good. So you're an unofficial Athletic fundraiser is what you are. Yes. At the time. Still. Still. Yeah. So what is your official and so you don't have an official relationship with Aggie Athletics? No, not not anything they pay me for, not anything I have a card for. So what happened was another good friend so I now I start meeting everybody. So this is before Mario and Chet and them came in. They got hired now, but I knew Braun, Cartwright, assist, associate A D. Is he still there? Yes. He used to live right across the street. He's the smartest guy in the room every time. <laughs> so we so when we get done with the, the first, it's, it's not going great, but he's painting this picture of, hey, I'm going to recruit freshmen, and we're going to develop. I'm going to redo the weight room. I'm going to get this strength coach. We're not going to go after the JUCO guys. I'm going to get guys that I shouldn't get because I'm going to tell them they're going to play right away, and we're going to build them up. I'm like, that's the, that, in my mind, is the only way it will ever work here. Um, it's a big goal because you have to keep filling the tank. you got to really recruit your ass off. And so I'm behind that. Now, he's like, now understand that these first two, three years, we're going to struggle. I was like, we've already been struggling. What's different? Like, what's new? 35, 40. At least there's an end goal. So to his credit, now there's a lot of problems with Doug Martin. But at the end of those those four years, that's when Larry Rose, everyone's a senior, we we went to a bowl game. The, the problem became that first year going into that, and we're getting our butts kicked, and we should. There's some games we were close in, actually. 
But now we got a new AD. And I've been, now I'm sold on this idea. I'm going to ride this out. And I got a new AD coming in, Mario Mocha, coming from Southern Illinois. So the strength coach of Southern Illinois is a good friend of mine. Hey, you just got a good AD. He's from there. He played ball. I'm like, great. I just don't need him to fire this coach right now because I want to start over. Like, that's, 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 that's always what happens. He comes in. I meet him around. I'm like, hey, you got you to give this a shot. You don't know me. Let's, let's go. So then that's when I met his right-hand man, Chet, who I'm really good friends with. Um, Chet's a different cat. Like, you ever want to have another one of these episodes with talk about round peg, square hole thing, that's Chet, especially in this town. But I love Chet. But Chet's a hatchet man. So you bring Chet in. So I meet Chet right away. He's like, hey, love your enthusiasm. What do you do? Here's my role with Samson. So he just assumes that, like like most people, I'm a lifelong Aggie fan. I don't miss a game, whatever. He's like, hey, I got to get you involved with this Aggie Athletic Club. That's our, that's our main umbrella booster club thing. So we're too small to really branch out and do this stuff. So we want to make a we want to make an umbrella thing. We already have it, but we don't have anything in it. So will you go to a meeting? I'm like, man, I am really anti meetings. Like, please don't make me go to a meeting just to have another. Because you have a habit of getting kicked out of them. Pretty much, but also um, I get kicked out because like, what are we doing? Right. We're just sitting around here to listen to ourselves talk. We're really actually trying to solve a problem. So let, let me stop you right there. I my understanding has always been, and I mean, I'm glad we're having this conversation. My understanding has always been that your your role is you're you're a booster, you're a donor. I mean, obviously, yeah. And well, I am. And I'm not going to ask you numbers, but obviously, the fact that you travel with the team to to when they play on the road and you're on the sidelines all the time, you're mm. you know you're you're at a donor level higher than than I ever was uh, when I was in the Aggie Athletic Club and yeah. and you know before I had a family, I was able to I was able to go to a lot more games and things. So okay, now this is interesting. I didn't I didn't realize, and now it's actually starting to make sense because I didn't see you anywhere. Until probably six, seven, eight years ago. Yep. And then, you know, learning that you've been back with Samson back here at home in Las Cruces since 2004. Well, where the hell has he been? I used to see you back when I would get up and go to Fitness One and, and mm-hmm. go to the gym in the mornings before work. I'd see you there. Right. Um, and it really all kind of clicked with me, actually, when you, and I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because I want to talk about some other things, but it, it, it clicked with me. When you guys put a couple of racks over at my building, yeah, at my station, and um, I had no idea that you were involved with Samson. I had no idea Samson was here in Las Cruces, right? Um, and I do. I want to get to that, but I do want to talk to you. We talked a little bit before we started today about you know me coming from the East Coast. I knew nothing about New Mexico State football. I knew nothing about New Mexico State University. Um, and I've been a college, you know, I've been a sports fan my whole life. You would think I might have heard of their uh, the the strong basketball tradition, but mm-hmm. the first Aggie football game, and for many, many, many years, I worked, uh, you know, security at the, at those games. Uh, and so I worked. Uh, they played in in August of '99. They played New Mexico Highlands, a D two school. They ran all over them. I thought, wow, that's great, but that's a D two school. The following week, they go play at Arizona State, uh, Pac twelve school, mm-hmm. and they run all over thirty five to seven. Yeah, and I had this thought, like, holy shit. New Mexico State's got a legit football program. Of course, I still know nothing. <laughs> I didn't know that they hadn't been to a bowl game since 1960, you right. know, 40 years. Right. Um, and then, of course, they went and they lost five games in a row, and I figured out what New Mexico, unfortunately, what New Mexico State football is. Mm-hmm. And that was during the Tony Samuel area, and we, you know, I, I told you before, there was that one year, I think it was his last year here. Yeah. They needed to win the, the North Texas game, the last game of the year to get to, the, to get to a bowl game, to get to the New Orleans Bowl. Yep. And I listened to the game on the radio. It was an away game, and they fumbled, or they, they turned the ball over four times in the second half of the fourth quarter. Yeah, well, welcome to New Mexico State. Well, and this life. is the thing, Scott, and I, you know, 
I played one year of football in second grade, and then I played all in high school. Um, I've been watching, you know, my whole life. I think I'm probably more astute and more knowledgeable in the game than the average person, but I will also tell you I've never been a big X's and O's guy. Yeah. So, and I'm always impressed by the announcers when, like, as soon as the whistle blows, they're able to tell you exactly what happened at, like, what kind of, who clamped down on the defense and who, who scraped off their block and went down. You know, I'm just always been amazed at stuff like that. But there are things that, it, look, it's clear the budget in New Mexico State dictates we're not going to get the athletes of a Power Five conference mm-hmm. school. Not anywhere close. But if, if the Aggies were simply losing games because they were being outplayed by better athletes and outcoached by better coaches, that would be one thing. Mm-hmm. But the best way for me to describe is bad news bears. Yeah. And there's something that happens every single year. And again, you know, I paid attention for those first four or five years I was here and I knew who the play. I actually, I just had this thought. I actually have an unofficial NCAA reception. Do you really? There was a game, and it was back when, when they were doing quarterback guy by committee with Buck Pierce and Casey Ensminger. Not, yeah. No, it was Buck Pierce and Paul Dombrowski. Dombrowski, Ensm- yeah. Ensminger was the quarterback when I first moved here in 99. Yeah, I love Casey. And there was a the game, they were on ESPN2. I think they might have played North Texas. And I was standing, um, worked the sideline that game, and I was standing right at the goal line. Yeah. And one of the two guys, I forget who it was, rolls right <laughs> and throws right. And right. I could see as soon as the ball left his hand, it's coming right to me. Oh, yeah. And I caught it. There you go. And that I sat counts. there and I held on to him. The guy was standing. He said, throw the damn ball back to the referee. Uh, I kind of want to keep it. And uh, believe it or not, I had my mom. I've got a VHS tape somewhere. Oh. Catching that ball. Wait, I mean, we're, we're really dating ourselves now. Everyone's like, what's that? It's a VHS. What? Well, it had to have been. <laughs> I mean, it was like 2004. Oh, no, know? for sure. For sure. Um, but it, this is the thing. If the Aggies, if they convert a third and long, you be damn sure it's going to get called back on a holding. Right. If they get a big third down stop, it's going to get called back on offsides or a pass interference. Right. They will always give up a special teams score. Yep. They will always flub a special teams play. Mm-hmm. And I actually, it's funny because this came up in my Facebook memories <laughs> not too long ago. From October 23rd, 2016. Oh, no. Quote, quick rant about the Aggies game last night. I learned long ago not to pay too much attention to the games and certainly not to get spun up over anything they do. Last night's game was vintage Aggie football. A missed extra point, yep. a missed field goal, yep. a gift of having an onside kick recovered by the other team, called back on an offsides call, yep. only to have the return man on the ensuing re-kick completely lose track of the ball and let it bounce in front of him. He yep. turned to find it and inadvertently kicked it into an opposing player who recovered it. Yep. Bad News Bears is the only way to describe it. Were the Aggies simply as shitty as they are because they can't recruit good athletes, that would be enough. But the fact that they end up with so much absolute buffoonery on their roster is a situation that completely escapes my ability to accurately describe. End quote. And rant. And and rant. And and of course now you know, now now after that game, I will never forget that game. You know exactly what I'm I know. I know about. the game, and I'm just like, we are going to win this game. We were. We were in a position to win the game. It was going to happen. We do all that stuff. And so I have to go, and you know my tailgate. You've seen it. I have to literally run out there before anyone else gets there. And I got, I break a chair. I break two. Now I think I'm alone, but there's that party bus that the Solipex, my boys rent. And that's right. I think it's empty. It's not. And I'm just losing my mind, breaking these chairs. What the? F- like, we can't, we can't. This is how losers think. This is how losers act. This is what losers do. Like, what are we doing? Just breaking stuff. Got to get out of my system. 
So then they like the whole bus is like full of people and they walk out like Schroeder, man, you all right? I'm like, great. I was doing this solo. Like, I don't need to you guys to see this. Like, no, man, like do it. Never forget that game. We now progress progressively with that team. It's a young team and, and what you saw later, but it still took them a long time to get it was their senior year. And, and the, the biggest example of that is that year. We're we're still in the Sun Belt. We're playing Sun Belt Conference games, and we're we're four teams homecoming games. Of course we are, because why wouldn't we be? And we're we, we're playing Appalachian State, one of the best teams in our conference. They beat Michigan not too many years before that, right? That's how everyone knows them, right? I'm well, a Michigan fan. We're at we're at App State, and except for our quarterback throwing four picks, we we still should have won that game, even with them. The fifth pick killed us. Well, let's see. Let me ask you this, because what I just read to you. Yep could have happened in any year of the 20 plus years i've been here in las cruces not their last that 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 lot it got better but w- when you have something like that that goes through several head coaches, generations literally what is that it's not just guys who are not good athletes and I'm, no. i can't put my finger on it well it's 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 basically like the, the only way i can explain it to you um now that i've gone full full bore in it for the last you know five six years has been this this it's it's almost like a ghost and it's it's this mantra of yeah but and it used to be never well we've done it once we we went to a bowl we won the bowl game but it, you know don't get, don't get me wrong it wasn't a 12-0 season i mean we went six and six we 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 had a great game against south alabama came down to the wire got to the bowl game perfect situation go to the arizona bowl it's in tucson we know we're going to pack the house because turnout was amazing. It was the best. It was awesome. It showed you what's possible. Gave you a taste of it. But if you don't sustain it, that mindset comes back. Now, it was a perfect storm after that. After that season was a perfect storm of bad things that happened. It was it was that was also Doug Martin's contract year. That took way too long to work that out. So so all the good press we had was wasted over that cuz now it's about the contract. Now that's they're they're wrong on both sides that when they worked that out. It took way too long. So all the momentum we had was covered over that. But then I also knew because we were fighting so hard for that that we were gonna have a really good team the next year. So that whole thing building it up for four years, the payoff wasn't that. That was supposed to be the start. We needed to be replenishing that roster as we went. Now, there's a lot of debate on why that didn't happen, but it was evident when we started the next season that we did not have uh, we did not reload back to square one so now so now it's like dude we started scheduling these games cuz everyone thinks you schedule the game like the season it's 2 years in the making yeah. we're an independent now so we're trying like crazy based on what Doug Martin's telling us 2 years ago with the admin stuff and everything hey we want to get in the mountain west we want to show that we're competitive. We don't got to win all these games. We got to show we're competitive. They're down on Hawaii because it's it's too too far to go, and they don't they don't ever really win win. And they're down on San Jose State. There's an opening if we can show we're competitive. So let's start scheduling other Mountain West teams to show we can compete. Now, in order for us to compete, we're gonna have to raise some money. So this is where all of this is going. And I was on I was I'm still on board with this to a certain extent. But you gotta have people really fighting outside of private boosters trying to fight. You gotta have a head coach that's gonna fight and, and scrape for that dollar. 
You got it. You got to have an admin that's going to fight. You got to have other boosters step up and, and, and be sold on that. But who are they listening to the sales pitch from? Are they listening from a guy like me? Now, some guys do. The reason why I travel on New Mexico State football trips isn't because of what I give to the weight room every year. And I, there's all that's off the books. No one's ever going to know. No one's ever know the money we lost when we did. We're happy to do it. But I go on those trips because I'm, and me and Chet talk about, I'm like, dude, I can't believe I get to do this. And he goes, that's why. Because when we get you around other people, that's infectious. It rubs off. Right. I was like, but guys, it can't just be me and Mario doing this. Who else is speaking up? We're never going to get this done. It's never going to happen. It's, but it's also got to come from the top and the, and the head football coach's side. He's got to go out there and do this. Well, I, like I, you know, we've, we talked about this a little bit before. I'll, I'll just say it again. If, if ever there was a definition of a very, a very specific definition of a square peg when it comes to Aggie athletics, it is Scott Schroeder because it is so hard for anybody to get excited about Aggie football. And you not only are excited, but you stay excited. Now, I want to talk, I want to talk about, I'm sitting here looking at your Samson logo on the, on the, on your shirt there. So I mentioned, you know, a few minutes ago that, I've been going to gym. Joined my first gym in 1990, yeah. Ironworks Gym. And a couple years later, oh, sold- yeah, okay. Have you heard of that? Oh yeah, there were three of them, I think. And then it uh, sold to a couple guys a couple years later who made it a Golds. And actually, about ten years later, it's, it's now a Crunch Fitness. Okay, it's actually it used to be. It's in a place that used to be two movie theaters. I actually saw the Karate Kid and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and what would later <laughs> become that gym. But you know, so it was funny. I also mentioned a few a few uh, minutes ago that it wasn't until you put a couple of racks over at my building, yeah. our gym, that I even knew you were involved with Samson or that Samson was local. But the, this is the funny thing, and I don't even know if there was Samson equipment in that gym that I used to go to. Um, a little bit, I think. Samson is just a name that's always it's always and I. I'll, I'll give you another thing. I can't even think of another of one. I can't even think off the top of my head a name of one of your competitors. Good, I won't correct you. <laughs> well, I was <laughs> I was going to ask you who else is in the game. You're talking about some of the big- so so uh, in, in our space, we're mostly high school, college, professional team, military, um, almost exclusively. So, like, if you're a private gym, you find us. You probably knew about us from those spaces. I was going to ask you that too. That's why. So, um, if you find us, you know about us. You knew about us from some. You went to college. You played ball. You knew the brand. You knew it was high quality. Um, but we don't like actively recruit or market towards you. We're going after those guys. So in our space, it's powerlift that's out of Jefferson, Iowa. Hammer strength, everyone kind of knows. Everybody knows hammer outside strength. of Chicago. I really like their equipment, actually. Do their you? Machines. I like their machines. Cool, man. I'm I'm out. Um, <laughs> been good talking to you. Um, no, but like, th- there's a lo- there's a lot of truth to that. Um, but they're they're actually owned by uh, a major conglomerate, uh, Brunswick, and they billiards and they own. Uh, boating company like they're huge their budget's massive life fitness is tied to that uh, so then you get outside of that and you got Sornex is who's out of south carolina who's our major competitor still haven't heard of them. which is crazy to me because they're killing it right now uh, but i'll let them blow up and then they'll regress um, i'm in from the long game and then rogers is out is, is, is out of michigan so we're all spread out so in our space we're known as like in my mind i, I always call us the big five but we're the we're the only one that's that's actually family owned and operated outright. We own the company ourselves. We don't we don't answer to a board of investors, none of that. But uh, that there's a lot of advantages to that. The disadvantages is we're not playing with the budgets that they have. So the moves that we make have to be really really strategic. We have to be smarter than them. Well, it's you know it's interesting now that you mentioned, like I said, of the of the four or five names you mentioned, Hammer Strength is the only one that I've heard of. Um, and the fact that the spaces that you're in, you know, uh, 
university athletics, pro pro sports, yeah, military. I would have expected you to also say that you had a bigger presence in private private health clubs and gyms, just because of the fact. Like I said, I, I can't even I can't even tell you for a fact that there was Samson equipment. To be honest with you, like to, it, everyone's different. So like I like if if you walk into you know there's a there's a, a gym outfit called Gloveworks. It's in L.A. and it's super. It they train high end athletes. Um, actors like high-end people like i've done a few actors houses because of that and they just assume that because they see it like oh this a it's really high quality stuff but b because it's there they just assume that it's this major company and i don't correct them when they call but i'm like yeah great he goes oh well where where, where are you where are you rep out of and i'm like well i cover your area well so the greater los angeles i cover that so then later it gets into where are you at las cruces new mexico wait what I'm like actually, and if you're talking talking to actors or, or Hollywood people you've you've worked with, they've never heard of anything south of Albuquerque. Well, that's true. They kind of do now because a lot of people know of Santa Fe and that. Well, but then a you lot of them it. own ranches up there. Correct. But I mean, southern New Mexico, right? Doesn't so get- so so it it kind of goes that direction. But then I le- I always end with well, actually, out of the major quality companies, I'm the closest. So you just happen to look out. Oh, okay. And, and when you when you deliver the product are you delivering it in the truck like you do when you go to a trade show i have done that a lot of times just to see and i have a crew with me when i do right. that but and and there's a lot of stories i can get into where i'm i'm wearing a work shirt that says tom they've talked to me they think i'm like the owner of the company because they got to do business with the owner right so then i send the install guy hey i'm sending my best guy his name's tom does all the installs for me he's really good he's got a crew with him he knows his stuff just listen to what he says so i know what i said and then I get there, and they think because they've never seen me, so they they see this guy, and it's Tom, and now I'm going to see how they treat a guy that is not the owner, that is an install guy. Now, nine times out of ten, that's worked out. Those and those those nine stories are great stories, and my favorite stories to tell. The tenth one is the one you're just so disappointed that they weren't better, and you're a fan. Either an athlete or an actor, or you know these guys are like now. Dang it. Now it's all changed. Well, I was telling you before, actually, for the first time, I got on your website this morning uh, to get a little bit of background, and um, I, I know obviously know what you make because I've used your equipment. I use yeah. your equipment fairly regularly right. uh, at, at my my gym at work. Now, you make these racks, uh, the combination racks. Uh, you've got the one. What, what do you call? It? Do you remember what exactly what you put in our gym? Yeah, we did the FTR rack. So that that's that cable column infused with the half rack combo. Um, got your logos on and all that good stuff. And so then in the middle, really so dynamic. you've got the rack where you can set it up for squats, bench presses, all that. Mm-hmm. But in the middle, you've got a a, a cable stack. Yeah. So on, on your version, we have that also. So that's in there also. So that's all linked together too. So you can actually you can still add a TRX strap to and everything. But like when when we do a space, we're not really just selling um, individual products for the most part, unless they see something they already like and we can quote them. Really what we're doing most times... You're fitting to their needs. Right. And their so space. I'm literally looking at a room that I'm talking to who's going to use it, so get everyone involved, and we really map out. So nine times out of ten, we're doing a custom design each time. Now, we're set up in a way that can actually handle that. We prefer that because once we get them on that track, they really can't buy from anyone else. But then second, we know that we accomplish that correctly. So where I, where I get joy in my job is being able to really do that effectively and really cause change. So, like, you'll see me, if I sell to someone, especially if it's a team, I'm going to root for their success hard, like harder than normal. Like, one of the reasons I'm so passionate about state is because how how intricately 
and how, how I'm tied to them both business wise, image wise. Right. But like you spend so much time with someone and you, that, that goes into why I'm so passionate about it. a, cause it's tied to my business and no one's more passionate about my business than I am. But then B it's our home. It's your hometown team. C, you know, the admin guys, you know, the, you know, the strength staff in and out, you know, the football staff, you, then you get to know the kids. So, I mean, it's this whole big thing that I deal with it during the week, but then during football season, it all comes out. And you just want so bad for everyone involved to have success. Screw my success. Well, my company's also, success. Reflects- my, my company's success, but also because I, don't, I can't control it. Like, I get emotional about our stuff when we do well. I take a person when we lose. But I'm, if it makes sense at all, I can control that a little bit to the extent of, well, we made this decision. I'll make a different decision next time. I won't worry about that. But state, it's so much value control, and you're just trying to support them. And you got to know everybody. And they're great people. And you just want them so bad. You want it so bad that you will run on the field and 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 not kick that ball against that guy. Or at least pace a hole in the sideline. Something where you can guys, just please God help. And you guys do a lot of the, obviously, the fabrication with the powder coating and the whatever that you call it when you bend the metal and make yeah. literally make the racks. Now, some of the other stuff, you're, the barbell, the bar itself, do you guys actually make that or do you order that? No, food? that's made for us. So the way that, ga- that game's played is you can either buy what, what certain companies already do, which is a mistake. Um, what we do is we con- we contract those guys to make stuff to a certain spec level. Right. They have to meet it and they get a contract. Now, they get guarantee volume over the year if they do it. And anything excess is gravy. Same thing with the plates. Bumper plates, dumbbells, all that's made elsewhere. I was going to ask you about that. You know, old. I, mean, I am old enough to remember gyms where the plates themselves were just steel, and they yeah. were obviously poured into a cask at a, yes. in a foundry somewhere. Right now, what do you call the coating? The, the even not the bumper plates, um, which I think are really cool, but just the regular gym plates that still have. It's almost like a rubber ish. Yeah, so they're either going to be a rubber coated or urethane coated for the most okay. part. Even if you get a steel plate now, they're still going to coat that in a, it's like a, what do you call it? You have the cast iron plate, and then they'll coat that in like a non-skid uh, type of thing. It, it's really just more for tact. But if you, the reason why they do it, I don't like to sell those plates anymore because the, the quality of the plate itself, the cast is not as good as it used to be. So they're really trying to hide those imperfections until it wears out. And if you drop that plate in three, four years, it's going to break. For sure, you would think that there would it would add a little bit of longevity, but so I noticed and something I hadn't thought of is you you sell obviously the flooring, yeah, uh, the turf that people use for what we call the functional area. Mm-hmm. Now something I've gotten into started really it, it it's funny because when it first came along, I heard people calling it junkyard training, yeah, because it was all outside and it was flipping tires and doing all this stuff, yeah, and I would say that's maybe the last twenty years is when that really kind of became a thing. I started getting interested in in functional fitness probably about 10 years ago and maybe five, six years ago is when, uh, when fitness one finished their latest extension. Yeah. And so I started playing around with, you know, some battle ropes and they've got the tire that's on a hinge. It's a half a tire and you flip it and you go around the other side. Um, and I really start to like that. And I think you've, you've probably seen my Facebook post by chance right at the beginning of the pandemic. I stopped going to my gym fitness one about 10 days before the governor shut it down. I was like, you know what? I can use the gym at work. It's sufficient. Um, and it has nothing. I mean, I love the equipment, but as far as the array of stuff that's there, yeah, you, you, you don't have it, you don't have as many options in that. And place. dumbbells only go up to eighty pounds and blah right. blah blah. But I can work with it. 
a friend of mine posted a picture of a steel, one steel mace and one steel club. Yep. And I said, hmm, what's that? And he told me about it, and I YouTubed it, and I now have a 10, 15, 20, 25, and 30-pound 30 30 mace. Yeah, you do. I've got a 25-pound club for my heavy singles, and then for my doubles, I've got it's a the the handle itself is eight pounds, and then you can you can add a three pound or a five pound extension onto yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, now the one thing I, I was exposed to kettlebells for the first time right around two thousand five two thousand six. They didn't like the concept. I'm actually more open to it now because it's more in line. I got to the point most of the pandemic for about a year. I would say seventy thirty, maybe seventy five twenty five. I was doing seventy five percent mace and club yeah. and body weight stuff. Yeah, and the other twenty five percent traditional. Lifting, traditional right. lifts, bench, squat, whatever. Um, I've had shoulder problems. I tore my right shoulder up the first time when I was 15 playing mm-hmm. football. I, I dove for a quarterback on a draw. I was playing D-line. Why I dove for him, I don't know, but I grabbed his jersey and he took my arm like that. I mean, bad, bad tear. But the question is, did you get him? I did. All right. So it was worth it. Well, I don't know about that. But I've had. That <laughs> the was story's in, worse if you if you missed. That was in preseason of, of my sophomore year. That was 1989. Okay. And I had it fixed. I tore it out again. I've had bad shoulder pain for 30 years. Yeah. About three, four months into using, and I knew that mason clubs were good for shoulder stability, mm-hmm. shoulder mobility. Mm-hmm. I like literally used to wake up in the middle of the night because of sure. pain, shoulder pain. Three, four months in, I thought to myself, holy shit. Yeah. My shoulders have never felt better. Yeah, sleeping well. And just about three months ago, I um, I started transitioning a little bit back to more traditional movements, and I'll be damned. Started benching heavy. Yep. Started doing other things, and all of a sudden, my shoulders started hurting. Um, that's just my little personal story. Um, I actually, do you, have you guys ever thought about getting into the kettlebell business? Or no, no, we do. Okay. We, sell, we sell them right now. I didn't see. I didn't see that on a website. So, so like um, on the website, and we do this on purpose. Um, we're set up in a way that if, if you're going to click and buy, we're really not. We're not going after you on purpose because what happens is it really affects our inventory for the larger projects. So we're still focused again on the high school college realm. So when I'm talking with them. I'm not just talking with them about everything that we offer because literally everything's on the table. We, we get those in, we procure battle ropes, we do TRX, we do the mace, everything. So it's really talking to that strength coach or that staff of, because how it works in the, in the college game is I'm going to sit there and say it's Don Decker in New Mexico State, and we have a massive weight room to outlay. Now, he doesn't realize that we handle everything. Maybe he does. So that conversation is, can either start off really positive or what do you do? i got to fill them out. But the, the end game is like, hey, we cover everything, so leave nothing off the table. If you got something, nine, nine times out of ten, I will mention something that they don't realize that we carry, and we, literally we carry everything. So I keep throwing at them, then it, it leads to that. So at the end of that, we have had a layout, and I can quote it, based on all their needs. And those are the projects that we focus on. So I don't like to, like I've told Andy, like pull this stuff off. I don't want to. I don't want to destroy this. We're bringing in kettlebells, but maybe. But also, I don't want to really do a big inventory of that brand of kettlebell or style because this other coach might not want them. Okay. Right. So it's like usually with us after we sell a job, I start to procure that stuff for them. So the lead time, especially this last year, lead times are all over the place. So as soon as we sell it, I'm getting quotes from those vendors. They know that if I'm calling them, I'm pitching a job. They don't ask which one. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna. Once we sell it, okay, now we got to start deciding: Are we gonna bring it in here directly? Are we gonna drop some some stuff? Can you use them right now? Hey, coach, can you use because they're in stock? You want to take them? Yeah, I want to take them. Okay, good. I'm directing all of that. Okay. Well, before we go, and we're we're running short on time, I I, I got to thinking, talking about mace and and clubs and things like that, and I ran into this. 
there was some 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 backlog obviously during the pandemic with gyms closing oh yeah um home fitness equipment was at a premium so and stuff was on back order now for what you do how were you guys affected by the pandemic so what happened right away when it hit um we weren't sure no one knew how long it was going to last um we weren't sure if we we're going to be affected with our status in the state i mean the state was was crazy um we so there's a lot of unknowns so what we did which was out of character was we all our existing inventory we liquidated put up on the website sold it shipped it i had another guy help me with that um, that was really lucrative until we ran out of inventory. Until you ran out of product. Until we ran out of inventory. And then you really couldn't get any more because everything was being sold out. And no one no one knew about it. No one planned for it. Um, you know, hopefully. Now, that helped us a lot. Now, in the school game, that lasted for a while. But then your sales cycle with the school is kind of long. So the ones that we've been working on, we knew were close. They, they didn't lose their funding. They just had to wait to see. So we kind of hit the pause button for about a month, month and a half. Once we came back, we were right back on track where we were. We actually made some money on the home gym stuff, which was which was interesting because from a customer service side, we're not really built for that. So I was really, really upfront more than probably anyone they've ever talked to on, hey, look, Joe guy who bought some uh, set of plates in a bar, here's how this is going to show up. No one's going to walk it in for you. No, one's, I was really blunt. Like, you paid for this. If you want this service – you can get it. It's not worth it. Yeah. Or like, hey, it's not going to come in pretty packaging. I'm doing this myself. Like, dude, I'm doing this. You good? Yes. Hey, I'll throw in a shirt. Go. So we navigated that as best we could. We made some money off of it. But, you know, when that hit, I mean, literally, we had just landed in, in Vegas to watch the WAC tournament that night. And, and they canceled it. They played. Should. The girls played the first game one. Next, next game is about to hit the floor. They're like, wait, and the, everything stopped. The whole world stopped. We didn't, we, guys didn't even have to play a game. And everyone's like, ah, it's not going to be that big of a like, Guys, they just canceled the WAC tournament. Every other basketball tournament is now being canceled. I'm going to stay here tonight. I'm flying back tomorrow because now i got to deal with headaches. N- no offense to Mexico State, who I love. You guys ain't spending big money with me right now. I'm yeah. I'm giving stuff away to you. Right. I got to go call guys like what? Hey, coach, over you know, East Coast, West Coast. Hey, what's going on? We're working a job for St. Mary's in California. What have you heard? Hey, we're shutting down. And I'm like, how are we going to get on campus? I don't know. And so that took a while. So, but again, with that, that's a struggle. And and that was really the only time where I felt like we were dealing with stuff on a different pace or level than some of our competition just because of where we were located, where they were, if we were shut down completely, if they weren't, how big a business they had versus us, you know, all that stuff. But the reality became everyone's going to have to deal with it. So, again, it's a problem, but the winner is still going to be who navigates it the best. Right. And I'm always confident in, in not me, my team of people, that we, are, we can outthink this. But – we're also so small and agile in a way that if we make a decision, I don't have to wait for approval. I can just do it. Well, you guys are still here. Samson is still here, and this and if and if still your here. Facebook posts are, are, are any indication, you're still uh, drumming up business and you're setting up weight rooms and gyms uh, for colleges and universities all over the United States. Scott Schroeder, the biggest New Mexico State football fan I have ever met, the most intense, um, and hopefully. 
I, I don't ever get my hopes up, but hey, I'd love, I will go, I always said if the Aggies go to a bowl game, I will be there. I was there, and by the looks of it, so was the the rest of Las Cruces. And wasn't that the best damn day ever? That was a lot of fun. That was, I, and that, I that was said, the best day, no, I tell everybody, that was the best three days of my adult life. I will never top it, hope to match it. I went. We we didn't uh, we didn't do the overnight thing. I went with two buddies who drove out that morning. Oh, um, dude, you missed out. Came back came back that night. Bro, but I've actually said up. that is some of the most fun I've had since I've moved to New Mexico. You messed up. Either the night before the anticipation of that, or or after we won. We saw. You know who played? There was a festival going on. Some sort of festival going on at the other end of town. Do you know who played that night? We don't, saw. Don't know. Don't care. Flock of Seagulls. Who cares? Flock of Seagulls. I got to see the Aggies not only play in a bowl game, but win, and then I got to go see Flock of Seagulls. You messed up so hard. That was such a big mistake. You could be partying with us. No one had it better than us. We own that town, the downtown. We also had to drive home. Scott Schroeder of Samson Equipment and biggest NMSU Aggie football fan around. Thank you very much for being here. We're going back to a bowl game in our lifetime. We're going back. It's happening. I hope so. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next time on the Square Peg Podcast where we talk to mold breakers, trailblazers, and takers of roads less traveled. I'm your host, Andrew Lawrence. Proudly produced by LasCrucesToday.com and Bravo Mike Communications.